Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Hello, everybody. And if you are listening or watching this, then it is either Friday or Monday. Right now, we are trying something brand new in Tourpreneur. We are live streaming an episode of what will become a podcast on Monday. So hello to everyone. My name is Mitch Bach. I am one third of the Tourpreneur, uh, I don't know, clan leaders. I don't know what we should be called, but I am joined with Peter Syme and Chris Torres. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Very good. Very well, thank you. Pete. It's a bit dark here in Scotland, not as bright as where you are, but it's all good. Listen, you chose to live in Scotland. So <laughs> we've got a very short episode. The idea is that in 20 minutes, we are going to give you a rundown of what's been happening in the industry, what we've been reading, what we've been seeing. We're going to share a little bit about what's been going on with Tourpreneur and what to look forward to. And then we're going to just talk a little bit about what we've been hearing in some of our conversations with tour operators as of late. We'll be done in 20 minutes. And so this is a short action-packed episode. And let's get started. First of all, we have a lot coming up on Tourpreneur this winter for North Americans. It's generally our Northern Hemisphere uh, individuals, operators. It's a time of the year when we go into hibernation, reflection, strategy. And in order to help all you tourpreneurs out there during the next couple of months, we have come up with a couple of different initiatives. And so I'm going to start by asking Peter to tell us a little bit about next week Demo Day's virtual event. So, folks, we've got together a bunch of technology companies, around about 80, which we're going to introduce to you over December and January. Each week, we'll have a couple of days. One will be a pitch day, where you'll literally see about 20 approximately tech companies that will give you an eight-minute pitch. That's it. And the aim of the pitch is to get you to be enthusiastic about their technology and attend the demo day which will be 48 hours after, where they will go into their technology in a much greater detail for 30 minutes. I've intentionally recruited technology companies that you may not have heard of, as well as some of the old favorites that some of many of you are using, and you have had as well. So there's a mix of companies you know, and a lot of companies you won't have heard of, startups, new ones, all different sectors, multi-day, res tech, resellers, uh, self-guided tour technology, all sorts of payment technology, a huge and wide range of travel tech that tour operators need. So demo days are going to run through December and January. To see the schedule, you can go to tourpreneur.com slash demo days. And our first one next week is going to be focused on about 20 tour companies, all focused on 
reservation technology for day tour operators. And you're going to see some big names, but also some names you probably haven't heard of before, all designed to answer the question, what software should I be using uh, to be an operator that gets more bookings? And that's a question we have so often in the group. And that's what these virtual events are designed to answer. Now, next up in January and February, we have something we are probably more excited about than anything else we're doing. And Chris, could you tell us about those? Yes, that's the introduction of finally of our tourpreneur puddles. Now, I think as Mitch said, we're all really excited about these. So this is where we can deep dive into an operator's business, offering advice, guidance in terms of business development, marketing, what they should be doing in terms of their storytelling aspects and whatever else is really at the crux of their issues or problems or maybe they're stagnant in terms of how they want to grow their business and we're going to be there to help you. So that'll be with around 12 operators. We're doing one uh, in the United States and then one in Portugal as well. Uh, and we've got some others planned uh, for later in the year. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to these and just meeting operators in person, going into some deep dives with their businesses, but also having a little bit of fun at the same time. Pete, what's your take on what these retreats are going to be about? Well, you're going to come up, turn up and you're going to be knackered by the time you left. Your brain will be knackered. Uh, you'll be confused, but you will, because you, you're going to action stuff at the retreats. We're not sending you away with a list of things to do. You're going to do them when you're in the retreats, uh, and the outcome is going to be you're going to make more money. Simple as that. I think what we've all learned, and I think what probably everybody listening has learned, is that things just happen in a special way when it's in person. It's a completely different experience when you're with people, brains get fired in the same way. And not only that, but the end of January, we're going to be in, we're going to, we're going to be in spectacular locations. We're going to be a block away from the beach on Sullivan's Island in Charleston, South Carolina. We're going to be creating all sorts of culinary and cultural experiences with fantastic local award-winning tour operators like John Laverne from Bulldog Tours and Forrest Parker from Undiscovered Charleston. These are top-notch operators. And what the, the idea is really to come together, gather, learn, and experience the experiences industry together. The second one will be in northern Portugal, again, with a fantastic tour operator, Yorick Vich, uh, who is um, an operator in uh, kind of the Douro River Valley area, all the way stretching up to Garris National Park and the cities of Braga and Porto. Again, just a stunning, stunning location. And so those are going to be in January and February, non-virtual, in-person, and just gathering like I think we all need after the year that we've probably had. So enough of what's coming up. I'm interested in, gentlemen, what's on your minds right now? Speaking of events, Pete, what are your thoughts about life right now? What's going on in your, so one, in your of the most, one of the most popular questions in the group at the moment, both in our own group and on LinkedIn and various other places, is tour operators talking about events, in-person travel trade events. And the big question is, should I go or should I not? Uh, so I've got some thoughts on that. Like, first of all, which events? Like, there is a whole massive list of travel events. You can actually spend the whole year at travel events back to back. I've done over 20 in the last 12 months. So there is a lot of travel events out there. And I think I did a post a couple of weeks ago in the email where I gave a link where it puts a calendar up to all the travel events. So obviously you're not going to attend all the travel events. Obviously you're not going to attend 20 like I have you're going to be have to pick and choose. So the first thing is, 
you need to pick and choose the events that are suitable for your business, right? And you're probably only going to go to one or two a year maximum, maybe three if you're a bigger, bigger operator. Before you actually pick the events, you've got to decide what the purpose of attending the events are. And that's different for every, every, every operator. The purpose may be to sign up more customers. You may be looking to build up your channels, your business to business. You want to sign up more channels. Well, if that's the case, you're going to have to go to very specific events that allow you to do that. Bus events where you have business to business meetings, where you're back to back on lots of meetings for the two or three days and you're opening up new partnerships and new channels. We have uh, World Travel Market this year down at London, busiest I've seen it for ages, the happiest I've seen it for ages. Every single operator I spoke to down there had more meetings than they expected and were signing more partnership deals than they, ex they expected. So sales is a big reason to go. It's not the only reason to go. Other events are you may go to Arrival, which is a learning event. You may be there to meet other operators, meet the tech, and actually learn rather than be doing business deals and selling, although it can happen there as well. So really it's deciding in your purpose to attend events and then finding the events that suit your purpose. How do you know that they're going to work or not? Well, you need to speak to people who's been to them before. You're in a community, reach out, speak to people who's been before. Be prepared to do a week to 10 days work before you step foot in the event. You have to set up your meetings, you have to set up your conversations, you have to tend attend them with a purpose of what you're going to get out of them. If you just turn up and randomly wander, you will just randomly wander, have a nice time and not get much out of the event. So all of this needs planned pre-event, do the work at the event and then follow up after the event. All the meetings you had need follows ups after the event. So this can be quite intense. If you're having 50, 60 meetings at an event, that takes work to set it up. It takes a lot of work to do the meetings and then there's a lot of follow-up. But this stuff does work. So an answer to the question, should I attend events? Well, yes, you should. If you're looking to build your business uh, and build it channels, face-to-face -face works better than online. In fact, the online has improved dramatically. We've all been living online and it does work as well. Combination of online and face-to-face -face works the best. Set things up online, close them face-to-face. -face. So you should be attending events. It's just picking the right events for you. And I do know there are big cost the time you take in hotels flights often uh, the price of the event if they do charge some of them don't charge some of them do it is a cost but you need to wear that cost as your cost of acquisition of acquiring customers new channels new knowledge and then run that cost over x number of years people are signing up events at wta uh, partners at wtm this year that will probably be a partner for six years seven years ten years therefore the cost of acquiring them is laid out over many, many years, sometimes decades. So when events can appear expensive, they actually can be a really cheap way of acquiring new business. But incredibly hard work. You're right. It's it's weeks of work before and after. And during, is it's, it's absolutely relentless. But you're right. This is sort of in the spirit of our upcoming huddles. Nothing beats in person. Some of my most important company partnerships happened over cocktails and not because I had a official meeting with them as well. I think probably another point about these events as well. Some are geared towards 
the customer, which is the traveler and their public events. Some are trade events. They're meant for people in the travel industry to work with each other and partner with each other. And it's really, really important to know that you might see companies being represented at these various types of events, but the staff that's there are different staff depending on what that event is about. And so I've seen people very, very disappointed because they thought uh, that because this company was there, that it was going to mean, you know, a new partnership. And they just realized it was just somebody from the marketing department just there kind of selling the company to the public. I'm a big fan of business to business events. I have attended events in the past when I was operating B2C events. Uh, And they do get a lot of footfall, but you're basically putting yourself in a massive hole thousands of other competitors to meet the public. I've, I've always found B2C events quite challenging, whereas B2B events can be exceedingly rewarding. Chris, yeah. what's going on in your marketing brain? Yeah, um, well, just recently, um, in fact, about two days ago, three days ago, um, GWI put out a global reports. I'm a big fan of GWI reports. Um, they're always very nicely cleared, uh, clearly laid out, designed and Information is really digestible, etc. But um, they had some interesting stats within this, and it's free to download. We've got the, the link up on our Facebook group, um, but we'll also add it to our newsletter as well. But they've got some good, really good stats on you know, Gen Z, millennials, for example, um, are apparently, according to the, the report, are 22% more likely to spend more on travel uh, in the coming years even with the financial crisis happening and everything else. So on in, in one hand, there's a lot of, good, uh, lot of good news for tour operators and people in travel because it looks like travel is set to continue its trends after the pandemic of, of growing. And, and this revenge travel is certainly happening and even more so next year. Um, but that's in detriment of sustainability. Uh, I know a lot of our operators on our, our community um, focus on sustainability. But unfortunately, according to this report, that people are looking to travel more, which they're putting sustainability and basically on the back burner for the time being because because of the pandemic, because of the financial troubles coming up, it looks like people are going to be maybe cutting things, other things like your Netflix subscriptions and all these other things that they can try to do and cut them and put them to one side because they ultimately see travel as the luxury item that they want to do at least once a year. So it looks like revenge travel is going to be here in 2023, which is great news for operators. But for those in sustainability, it was quite interesting to read that. Although it's something that's maybe it was important to them at one point, now it's not because basically it's just people just want to escape. They want to travel and go to different countries and, and experience what those countries have at this moment in time. Um, and then sustainability is obviously going to take a hit because of that. So it was a really interesting report and some really interesting facts within that. You know, that is interesting. Peter, have you also encountered this? I feel like every time now I read about sustainability, more and more so it's being mentioned that there is a cavernous gap between people's intentions or what they're signaling they care about and their actual behaviors. For example, these reports mention that people are both uh, excited by ecotourism and sustainable travel, but also there is a sharp, dramatic rise in private jet travel. And so, <laughs> Peter, what do, you know, what do you think of this chasm between yeah. behavior and... I see human nature, okay? we're all weird, weird, weird people, humans. And what humans say and what humans do are often different, and this is probably the biggest example we're ever going to see of it in history of people saying one thing and doing the other. You ask any person about sustainability and travel, do they want the sustainable option, do they want environmental poisoning option? the one the option that helps the community they're going to they all say yes but we have data 
And when it comes to actually booking, they don't. They book what is what is delivering the correct price for them above all else. And the sustainable option is way, way down, way down. And so we're seeing stats of people saying 50, 60, 40 percent more sustainable option. But we have stats in real data of less than one percent actually booking sustainable options. So this is a bit of a minefield. Uh, I've done several podcasts in the last few days recording with various people operating in sustainable sectors. There's huge amounts of greenwashing going on from the industry, from travel operators. There is no standards. There is about 76 different types of standards from different organisations saying this is how you should audit your business from an environmental method, but none of them are really going deep enough or quantifying correctly. Uh, therefore, the, the whole thing is just full of bullshit at the moment that is really complex, super important, because we have to get this stuff right, otherwise we ain't going anywhere, or your kids and grandkids ain't going anywhere. So we need to get this stuff right, but at the moment, it's a mess, a complete mess. Yeah, that's what the report says. You know, it's um, so sustainability as a prioritisation problem, and actually has one line which sums it up perfectly, buy now, save the planet later. And that's what people, that's what the, the mentality of, of people just now, um, although it's, as you say, it's really important. It's something we really do need to consider. But again, because of everything that's happened over the last couple of years and going into 2023 with possible recessions or definitely recessions for some countries like the UK and maybe some energy crisis and things like that, then they just want to escape because they know maybe further down the line they might not be able to. So, um, so they're doing it now. Yeah, I think that's going to be a continuing debate and discussion. There was a big article just released in Afar magazine as well about the travel industry's grand ambitions to become net zero by uh, 2050. And yet somehow the actual data, as Peter said earlier, is trending for the worse. And yet all of the intentions and all the initiatives make it really feel like we're making so much progress or in declarations and some of these initiatives, but you're right. I mean, as long as we're still racking up the frequent flyer miles and record numbers and uh, so many different data points are showing a return to 2019 levels, which are both positive and negative for kind of- So there, there's, a, there's an instance, virtually every airline in the world has now got an environmental policy and saying they're doing greener things. Everyone with a loyalty program, by definition, a loyalty program is to get people to fly more often. You get points for flying more often, but at the same time, they're pitching a, a sustainability and a green. It, it, it goes completely against each other, and mm. so and travel is going to double by 2050 in volume and numbers. And we've got 28 years, and travel will double, double just because of demographics. The whole thing's we'll start dealing with this when Miami goes underwater. When Miami's flooded, again, stop being a city. That's when the world starts to pay attention, do something about it. We won't do anything. All right, it's too early for a whiskey, so I'm going to change the subject. And let's finish by talking about uh, our sort of other jobs in the midst of what we do during the week, which is essentially being therapists for tour operators. We all spend a heck of a lot of time talking to tour operators, especially now in our Tour Printer Plus coaching calls, which have grown exponentially. Uh, we have filled all of our founder spots, and now we are measuring our members in the hundreds, which means from the early days two months ago when a coaching call was one of us and maybe one operator, uh, 
Chris, yesterday, I believe you had over 20, almost 30 operators on a call. So Yeah, nearly 30 dropped in and out. Um, most of them stayed for the majority, but a few dropped in and out, asked a few questions and left again. That's the beauty of the coaching calls. You can do that. So. It is beautiful, but I'm I'm guessing we have to increase the numbers of calls and we will be. We're also <laughs> going to be bringing in uh, special guest operators uh, to also lend their therapeutic ear and advice uh, in the coming weeks as well. So we'll be making more announcements on that, but I'm wondering not naming names but tell me what's been going on in these therapy sessions is there something that sticks out in your mind chris um yeah in fact the session that we had uh, last night um uh, a great session about how to elevate your products um, a few questions around that um uh, and i know john won't be uh, won't mind me mentioning his name but um he we, we sort of spoke to him about his products and then it almost like off the cuff he mentioned that um some of these tools are actually driven by uh, an author of a book. So they're, they're really highly educated and, and know the, the subject that they're taking people out on and tour. So it's like, well, why don't you try to elevate that type of product to say, okay, you're taking a tour with an author or you use it almost like the sort of gift experience or sort of mentality where you can make it more elevated, add an extra higher level of price to it. But then you say, okay, when you book this for a loved one or you book this experience, We'll send you the signed book from that author. There'll be a, a bookmark in that, which will be designed, but it will actually act as your voucher. And then you can then call the company and then take out that experience and organize with the author about when you're able to do that. A bit like when you maybe take out a hot balloon, air balloon experience and you have to phone up and find out which date's suitable because of the air conditions and everything else. So something along those sort of lines. And, and that allows you to add an extra two, $300 to the price of your tour because it's seen as more exclusive, it's private. Uh, it's always basically what you've already been doing, but you're just taking that, changing some of the copy, making it more author-led, and then elevating that to something different. So it's, it was a great conversation in terms of how you can take products and experiences that you're maybe already doing and what you can do just to add that little bit more extra to it and then be able to charge a few hundred dollars more because you are going to go out on tour with an author, etc. So it was a really good conversation. I think a lot of people took some good ideas from it as well. Yeah, on Tuesday, I spoke at Peak Pro's big virtual event, Grovember. Same topic, adding increased perceived value to your tour products, not based on your cost, but based on what your customer values. A, it requires you knowing your customer. And in this case, John's customer knows authors. They know this territory of content because they love to read books. Well, yeah, authors. And their guides are authors. So make it basically the same tour, but it's author-led uh, by these almost influencers within the world of Civil War battlefields and increase mm -hmm. the perceived value. It's such a powerful way to think about your tour offerings. Um, it reminds me also a little bit of a conversation I just had with Joe Martin, who's a marketer from Uplevel Tourism. I just recorded a session with him on corporate travel. And this is a segment that, you hear business travel is uh, perhaps waning or is being rethought. Well, that doesn't mean that there isn't a huge, massive corporate travel market right now. There is. And that partially has to do with the fact that you have a world in which so many remote workers and office staff are coming together offsite for experiences to bond them, to connect them, because the shape and scope of how these workers are getting together has totally changed. And the conversation that Joe and I had was all around the way you can take what you might call a private tour, refashion it 
for the needs of a company, which might be, we need bonding, we need more interactivity, we need this to be more of a team building ex experience, and basically take what was your private tour, put it on a corporate page, give it a slightly different style or goal as an experience, and jack up the price because you're selling it to Google and not to um, Jim and Kathy. Yeah, oh, for sure. I, no, I think we've all had that conversation with operators in the past where every, especially data operators, they should all be doing two or three things, looking at how they can offer a corporate uh, product uh, within that, how they can even do multi-day tours within that, you know, taking what they're experiencing, extending it over a weekend and things like that to give you more revenue and stuff. So it, for me, a lot of these things are, for most operators, is a no-brainer and something they should be, should be considering, seriously. Probably my favourite point that I've realised about these group calls is that it's a lot easier to solve other people's problems. And so I'm seeing operators who I know are in the depths of their own struggles, but they're coming up with great solutions to other operators, that the learning is actually happening peer to peer. It's not just coming on for some master. Nobody's a master of any of this stuff. It's all evolving so often, so many times, but that kind of group heard think uh, is, 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 is so beneficial because we all see other people much more clearly than we see ourselves. Peter, final word. Yeah, between the group calls and the one-to-one -one calls, I've done a couple of dozen one-to-one -one calls over the last few weeks. The two overriding things that come up are pricing, uh, getting your pricing right. And still to this day, we have thousands of operators in the community who have not got the pricing right and they're not changing the pricing, even though their cost inputs are going up or they're changing it too small compared with what their cost inputs are going up. Uh, still pricing on cost plus margin instead of training the business towards value pricing. So pricing is a big one. The other one's business development of channels. Way too many of our operators are still only got one or two channels to get in business in, either business uh, direct business coming in via their website, etc., or hooked into another couple of channels, OTAs. So that's the two overriding themes, pricing and developing a channel business where you're having multiple channels and multiple relationships feeding your business rather than just one or two. Because if you've only got one or two things feeding your business, you haven't got a resilient business. You've got a disaster waiting to happen. You need multiple channels coming into your business, but not everyone, particularly new operators from the last five, six years, sort of grown up in a digital environment. So a lot of the old-fashioned ways of doing business to business and opening multiple channels, it's a bit alien to them. Uh, but that can chapping on doors, outreach, phoning people and meeting people face-to-face, -face, opening channels in education and corporate and military and charities and all sorts of different places really makes your business much more resilient. And then you can have different pricing to different channels that ends up making your business just not more resilient, but much more profitable. All right, I'm cutting you off where people have to pay for that gold. That was great, Pete. <laughs> Good stuff. That was actually a little mini masterclass of an hour-long video we have in the Tourpreneur Plus library on value-based pricing by Peter. But uh, we have a comment, uh, which was about the fact that an operator watching the live stream of this right now is seeing a big increase in blended travel between business and leisure. What does that mean for your business? It means time to rethink when, where, how you're designing and marketing your experiences. The experience itself doesn't necessarily need to change that much, but how you speak to the customer about that experience, when it's offered to fit into the schedule of, let's say, a remote worker's life, what the goal is of that experience. Is it more about bonding and meeting locals than it is uh, just listening to a guide? 
all of that stuff doesn't need a big product rethink, but it does change your brand story around that. And it changes who your customer is and what your customer wants. Um, this weekend, I've got a two-day workshop that uh, I've got 30 people enrolled in uh, for designing extraordinary experiences. And this is what it's going to be about. We're dealing with brains. Our customers are just brains that have needs. Those needs, somewhat, sometimes they know what those needs are. Oftentimes they don't, but they feel them. And the more we can connect with those brains, the more we can connect with, uh, with through emotion, through um, the base core human needs that we all want. Uh, uh, the more we bond with our customer and the more our company sort of creates that raving fan cohort versus the uh, five-star reviewer, which I think is somewhere in the middle of a, fan, of, of a, of a guest that truly loves your company. Anyway, um, that was a lot. Uh, this was our first 20-minute tourpreneur roundup. And in true us fashion, it's 27 minutes now, but still not bad. Still not bad. The idea is that we're going to do these um, frequently in order to be timely about things that we're seeing in the news and keep the community updated both by streaming these into the Facebook group, which you should all be a part of, and turning these into podcasts. So with that, Chris, I'll leave you the final word and we'll be done. Yeah, well, again, thanks everyone for, for listening and watching and for commenting on, on this. We're hoping to do more. And for anyone who's coming to the huddles, really looking forward to meeting you in person. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what we can uh, deep dive into your business, find out and try to help you out there and then. So yeah, lots of things to look forward to. Lots of things we're launching uh, within uh, the next the next six months or so. So keep watching, keep watching this channel. We'll see you all Tuesday for Demo Days.